please join me in the prayer of illumination. Lord, on this day when we remember the saints who have shown us the way in love, hope, and faithful service, we ask you to open now to us the wisdom that fed and guided them through their years. As we seek to follow the good examples of those who have served you well, help us hear your eternal word that gives life to us all. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, amen. This week's scripture reading is Psalm 121, verses one through eight. I lift up my eyes to the hills, from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. which you just heard is a very popular reading at funerals and witnesses to the resurrection in which we remember those people we have loved and have now gone on to live with God. Another passage that is often used in funerals is this passage that I am about to read from the book of Revelation, the seventh chapter, verses 9 through 17. So listen to these comforting words of Scripture on this All Saints Sunday. After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne, and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, singing, Amen, Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might. Be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you are the one who knows. And then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, 
and he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You've already heard two passages of scripture that are often heard at funerals. I'm I want to share with you now a turn of phrase that I often use in a funeral. It's part of our typical funeral liturgy, and every time I hear it, it is a little jarring, but it is a great comfort to me. In the closing prayer at the conclusion of the funeral service, after reciting the name of the departed soul, we proclaim with solemnity that his or her baptism is now complete in death. It is a profound theological claim that our baptism is never really complete until we die. We belong to God for certain in life, but it is only when we enter into God's presence and into God's eternity at the end of life that we fully understand what it means to be baptized into the body of Christ. Paul explains this truth in his letter to the Romans. Do you not know, he wrote to them, that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Paul went on to say and went as far to say, that we have been buried with Christ by baptism into his death. So baptism begins in a very real way with a death. But Paul does not linger there. That death is merely a door to a new way, a new truth, and a new life. For if we have been united with Christ in a death like his, Paul continues, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. For if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. On All Saints Sunday, we claim this mystical promise for those who have lived And those we have loved in this place and in this congregation. Their passing is a grief that feels like a piece of death. But the peace, the P-E-A-C-E, that is now theirs is a joy that holds the best of life. We know that none of those people were perfect that all of them were sinners in the same way that we are all sinners, but we still rightly call them saints because we know that everything in them that was good is now full and complete and that anything else is now gone. Every flaw, every failing, every imperfection, they are buried in the deepest ocean, They are forgiven and forgotten by the heart of God. It is as if they never existed at all. And all that remains in the heart and eyes of God 
is the very best of that person. All the things that we loved and cherished about them. The folk singer Carrie Newcomer, in her unique poetic way, sees this baptismal link between life and death in the cycle of a tree, looking upon nature and especially the way a tree lives and dies. In one of her most haunting songs, Leaves Don't Drop, she makes the point that our last breath in this earthly life is just the beginning of an amazing rebirth. Death, she seems to say, is not a collapse or a stumble or a failure. It is a surrender, a release. In one interview, she made it clear that this song that she wrote comes from the very heart of her faith. We are always letting go of something, she said. Something else is usually arriving, but we are always learning how to let go and to be brave. This is the refrain of her song. Leaves don't drop, they just let go and make a space for seeds to grow. And every season brings a change. A tree is what a seed contains To die to live is life's refrain. The refrain of life, Carrie Newcomer says, is a cycle in which dying is just the last thing we have to do before we truly know what it is to live. I'll close with a story that I heard a long time ago and has never left me. Every day a little girl would walk from her house to her school. Her route always took her right past a cemetery, which occupied a big plot of land at the corner where she turned to get to school. Other kids were frightened of the cemetery, and they stayed about as far away from it as they could. But this little girl enjoyed walking by. It seemed peaceful to her. It seemed beautiful to her, with its green grass and rolling hills and large oak tree canopy. And when she was in a hurry, sometimes going to school, but most usually coming home, she could cut that corner off and go right through the path in the center of the cemetery. And one day as Halloween was approaching and all the All of her classmates were thinking about ghosts and goblins and what they would dress up for for Halloween. One of her classmates asked her, aren't you frightened to go across that graveyard? And Without a second thought, she responded, not at all. It's just something I have to cross to get home. This is the nature of our lives in Christ. This is the nature of our baptism that is not complete until death. To get home, we must, each and every one of us, walk through the graveyard. And our baptisms are not complete until we make that final walk. But when we do, on that day, the promise of Scripture and the promise of God is that there will be no more death.
death and dying and mourning and pain will be no more. And God will wipe every tear from our eyes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.